Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. In a few minutes, we'll get to an article from a journalist, long time, decades, writing for the AP, the Associated Press, Bob Unruh, who writes for WorldNet Daily now. And he and I had lunch. He lives just up in the foothills from our Bob and Yurt Live studio here, just west of Denver, Colorado. And Bob wrote an article about the Iowa law that allows the government to inspect people's homes, the apartments, the homes that they rent. And it's really a bizarre law. And I want to talk about it not because I want to condemn that law, which is obvious, but just something interesting about the way Bob, who's a real conservative compared to the vast majority of reporters, the way he writes and his uh, his approach in describing that this is happening in all places. This is happening in Iowa where they have, you know, good old American values and the examples he'll give of that. We'll get to that. And first, a couple things from Matt Walsh. My family and I, different members, we donated to the Matt Walsh effort to fix up the ancestral home of AOC's uh, grandmother in Puerto Rico. So we have a couple families at Denver Bible Church who live half the year in Puerto Rico, and we have a number of guys who travel there for business. Interesting connection. But I know that my wife, Cheryl, she donated, I donated, Dominic donated, and I believe one or two of our other sons donated for Matt Walsh's brilliant, brilliant idea since AOC took photos, a really dismal place, and she said, this is where my grandmother lives, and we need the government to do something about it. And Matt Walsh says, you make 180000 a year. Can't you do something about it? You let your grandmother live in squalor? And so he went to raise $50,000 on GoFundMe, and it took in well over $100,000 in the first 24 hours or so. And then AOC, by the way, we call her Altez, right? A name with more than 10 syllables can be shortened to the first and the last. So we call AOC Altez. So Altez... She has GoFundMe canceled the whole thing, which means we get our money back. But Matt Walsh, it was brilliant. He hit a grand slam with this, showing one of the differences. This is not the difference that indicates that the right is correct and that the left is wrong. But one of the differences is that the right is generous and the left prefers spending other people's money to fix problems. And it's always been that way. Christians are far more generous than atheists and leftists. And America is far more generous than Europe is and Japan and China. And that's when you look at as a percentage of 
your GNP, your gross national product. And I'm not talking about high school graduates, your GNP. So you look at that and you see conservatives are so generous. And so solving the problem yourself rather than looking for the government to take care of your grandmother. And that is one of the systematic ways that leftism and socialism destroys people, individuals, families, is because the government is going to educate your children. And then people, sometimes even on the left, they're beside themselves. Why don't parents take an interest in their children's education? Why do they let the schools get away with so much? Well, what do you think? When the government says we're going to take care of education, you're going to have millions of human beings being human beings. They're going to check out. They're going to take what they think is the path of least resistance and let the government do it. And so if the government says, well, we're going to make sure your kids get a nutritious lunch, you know what that will do? That'll cause parents to send their kids to school without breakfast. And so the government then says, well, now we got to give the kids breakfast too because they're not getting breakfast at home. If the government said that we will take care of your car's maintenance, Whenever your car has a mechanical problem, that's included in your government benefits. Do you think people will take better care of their cars or worse? When the government says we're going to take care of your grandma, do you think families will do more or less to help her? When the government says we're going to help take care of your kids, do you think that's going to motivate parents to take better care of their kids or become more irresponsible? And the answers are obvious. And by the way, the left couldn't care less. If you document, if you're talking to an individual leftist as a general rule, and they advocate all these social government programs, welfare and so on, and you show them how the transfer of wealth from America, for example, to Africa, or from the wealthy and middle class to the poor, how it has destroyed Millions of families, without exaggeration, and you show them the evidence. You show them case in point. Here are the anecdotal examples, and here is the systematic data that shows that your welfare system is destroying millions of people, blacks, Hispanics, whites, and others, and more so the people who had lower standard of living when the government programs are introduced. If the welfare program was designed from the beginning to give you a percentage, let's say 80% of what you would have made if you weren't on welfare, then families who live in poor neighborhoods where the average family makes little or far less than middle-class families, but then middle-class families, which had a higher percentage of white families, then they find out, wow, we get 80% of what we would earn for not working. And so way more white families would get on welfare as compared to black families, a far greater percentage. And so because the welfare benefits covered a higher percentage of the black family's expected income, that's why blacks signed up for welfare in far greater percentages than whites did. And that's why America's socialism has destroyed blacks and other minorities to a greater extent than it has destroyed whites. And if you look at Africa, 
the trillions of dollars that have been transferred to Africa, it was calculated many years ago that it, it could have bought that money could have bought all the farmland in America, virtually all of the Fortune 500 companies, all that wealth transferred in the form of welfare payments to Africans and to African governments, and it destroyed them. That's what it does. It destroys them. So you lay that out, and the left couldn't care less. So there are a lot of conservatives who want to explain why evil people do evil things, and they want to come up with sort of justifications for it or to make it less terrible. But when you go through the Bible, read through the whole Bible, you won't find God doing that. You won't find Jesus doing that. You won't find him saying, well, yeah, these people, they hate me, but they have a good reason to hate me because last time they trusted somebody, it didn't work out. You don't find that in the Bible. It doesn't help to psychoanalyze people's sin. And generally speaking, when you show the left that their policies are destroying the very people that they claim to care about, they couldn't care less. And if it's a transfer of wealth from, let's say, what they view as rich Republicans to blacks, and you show them that it's destroying blacks, they couldn't care less because they hate the Republicans more than they love the blacks. So Matt Walsh in AOC, he did a fabulous job. He, he hit a grand slam. He knocked it out of the ballpark with raising $100,000, and then AOC telling GoFundMe, cancel the program, uh, we won't accept the money. I wonder if she's speaking for her grandmother. And then she said after the fact, oh, my grandmother doesn't live there anyway. What, so she was just a liar? So we greatly appreciate Matt Walsh. And since we're talking about him, I wanted to use his example because he has such a clear and public record as you know most people in the media do. So let's switch to COVID. And this weekend, talking to friends who said, well, we knew from the beginning that COVID was a lie. We knew from the beginning it was a lie. Now, Matt Walsh, to his credit, he put out, what, a podcast, a video a year ago saying, when this whole thing started, I thought it was nothing. I, I thought it was all, you know, something we should ignore. And now I see that it is serious. And so it's interesting to look at people as they assess what was happening from the beginning of the coronavirus through all its twists and turns until now, June 2021, going on a year and a half later, we did our first full episode with a molecular biologist on the radio in January of 2020, the first month. Near the end of the month, a full episode with Dr. Kevin Anderson on the coronavirus. So we were on it early. But friends who say, well, we knew from the beginning that it was a lie, right? We knew that it was not real. I ask them a question and I say, well, when Donald Trump took the extraordinary step, 
it was truly historic to cut off European travel, cut off Europe from America. I mean, this is extraordinary. During World War II, I don't believe that happened. During World War II. Absolutely extraordinary. Either what he was doing was just, or people thought it was valid, or he was a tyrant. Right? One of those. And so when people have said, well, the talk shows that I listen to, or my friends, or I, or our church, we knew from the beginning that it was all a lie, that it was all fake, I challenge them and I say, and if I don't even know them very well, but they're conservative Christians, I extrapolate from what I do know and I say, well, when Donald Trump cut off America from Europe, the conservative Christian community at large, nationally, the Christian leaders, the conservative leaders, Republican leaders, they supported Donald Trump. They supported him. So if they knew the coronavirus was a lie, they would have to be supporting tyranny because travel is an inherent human right. And you don't just cut off one country from an entire continent using as your excuse some lie, right? So Matt Walsh is a good example because like on our website, kgov.com, his podcast, they're dated... So we went back to March 12th, 2020, because it was on March 11th, I think later in the day, that Donald Trump announced the European travel ban from America. So if your company, if you did business in Europe, if you had family members in Europe, if you had plans to travel to Europe, the president of the United States was telling you, Put all that on hold. If that's your life, put your life on hold. And so let's go back and hear, and Matt Walsh, again, he's awesome. And to his credit, he acknowledged, and you'll hear that in this short clip, that he had no idea what was going on with the coronavirus. But let's hear from March 12th, 2020, Matt Walsh. The coronavirus. I'm probably like you. I don't know what exactly to think about all of this. It's, it's overwhelming. It's confusing. It is pretty scary. I'm not an expert, so I can't speak with any expertise, but I can tell you at least what some of them are saying. What I'm doing right now, this is like the conversation that you're having in your living room with your family and friends about this, the conversations I've had with people about this. I'm not sitting here teaching you about the virus. Let me, let me teach you about how pandemics work. No get some updates on this thing, starting with President Trump giving a, uh, an address from the Oval Office last night, announcing some rather dramatic steps, that are justified steps, I think, including a travel ban from Europe. After consulting with our top government health professionals, I have decided to take several strong but necessary actions to protect the health and well-being of all Americans, to keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. These restrictions will be adjusted subject to conditions on the ground. There will be exemptions for Americans who have undergone appropriate screenings 
And these prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, but various other things as we get approval. Anything coming from Europe to the United States is what we are discussing. These restrictions will also not apply to the United Kingdom. At the same time, we are monitoring the situation in China and the South Korea. And as their situation improves, we will reevaluate the restrictions and warnings that are currently in place for a possible early opening. So for a liberty-loving conservative like Matt Walsh to support cutting off America from Europe, that is extraordinary. And all the conservatives, all the Christians who did not vociferously object to what Trump did, they were all scared. They were all afraid. I'm not saying in an irrational, immoral sense. I'm saying that if they tell you today that they knew from the beginning that it was all a scam and they did not object to what Trump did, then they are giving you revisionist history. They're asking you to credit them with insight that the rest of the nation did not have. I'm not saying that there's no one who from the beginning said the COVID is an enormous scam. I'm not saying that. But not everyone gets credit for being right, like those broken clocks. Psychics who predict every president's assassination, they don't get credit when one is killed. Cults saying since the 1800s that the second coming is near, get no credit when it does happen. Anarchists who criticize unjust government action Well, they criticize all government actions, so they're not helpful. The paranoid don't get credit for not trusting an evil government since they trust nothing. So regarding the COVID, our anti-government friends, folks who condemn everything the government does, not that I could think of a single one right now who didn't support Trump's travel ban, but They get no credit if they criticize the COVID response from the beginning. And there's something else, too. When someone doesn't have a media platform so that, for the most part, when they complain about what the government is doing, it's to their friends and family, right? And maybe on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. But if you are the pastor of a church and you have 100 people attend your church or you're on a radio program and you have 1,000 or 10,000 people who hear every broadcast slash podcast or more, as the numbers go up, you have increasing responsibility and you tend to realize, except for those in the media who are utterly reckless, you do tend to realize that If you're wrong about something, people could be harmed. In fact, ideas have consequences. People could be killed if you are wrong and they trust you. So it's far easier to make dramatic proclamations when you're just talking to your friends who don't pay attention to you most of the time anyway. It's far easier to do that than when you actually recognize 
that you have a responsibility to many people, including thousands of people you've never met. And until we meet in heaven, you never will meet, or for the unbelievers on Judgment Day. Now, these observations, like predicting the COVID outcome, they're important because as with the Bible, right, and prophecy, and as with science, confirmed predictions often bring credibility. And when folks get credit for a confirmed prediction, showing their unique insight against almost all the knowledge and wisdom of the entire world, they knew it from the beginning, In reality, people in the groups that I've just mentioned, like psychics and cultists and anarchists and the paranoid and the anti-government folks, in reality, they will often deserve no credit whatsoever for said prediction. So it's important to be clear and have discernment and to make these distinctions. Otherwise, you tell a friend that, well, so-and-so got it right from the beginning. And in reality, they didn't get it right from the beginning. And then if that friend of yours is negatively influenced by that so-and-so, then you will bear responsibility for that harm. So we have to be careful. Jesus said that even our idle words will have to give an account for. Ideas have consequences. Yet we should do right and risk the consequences. Now, to the Iowa law I mentioned earlier, allowing inspections without warrants, that is, without warrants showing probable cause, right? These other kind, they're called administrative warrants. So in Iowa, in a number of cities, the government can send agents into your rental home or your apartment without your permission without permission of the landlord, and with no suspicion of criminal behavior, so no probable cause. That's just bizarre. Anyway, I'm not bringing this up to talk about the law. I'm bringing it up to talk about, well, he's not actually a friend, Bob Unruh, but like I mentioned, he and I had lunch together a while back. He lives up in the foothills just west of Denver, the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And he's been writing for WorldNet Daily for quite a long time. And before that, for some decades, he wrote for the Associated Press, and he just couldn't take it anymore because of the extreme anti-Christian bias at the AP. He couldn't take it anymore. For example, let's say Christians had some project they were doing, like with the COVID, Franklin Graham setting up a hospital in New York City in a park. I mean, unbelievable what Franklin Graham did. So Bob Unruh says when he worked for the Associated Press, if he wrote an article on a story like that, the quotes in it would not be from Franklin Graham or people working on the project. The quotes would be from atheists and leftists who hate God and hate Franklin Graham and condemn the project. That's what the article would be about. So he said, I just couldn't do it anymore. He quit the AP and went to work for Joseph Farah over at WorldNet Daily. So he's a neat guy. He's not a right-wing 
conservative Christian the way we are from our biblical Christian worldview here at Bob and Yurt Live in Denver Bible Church and American Right to Life. He's not that, but compared to longtime news reporters in America, he's, he's one of the best of the best. So in this article that he wrote yesterday, June 6th, 2021, he laments the fact not only that this law, the government could send people into your home or apartment to inspect it, he laments not only that it's it's a law, but that it's in Iowa. And it's in Iowa that is so bad because, he says, for example, Iowa is home to the music man, played by Robert Preston on screen. Remember that? The musical, The Music Man? And it's the home of Radar of MASH, that TV sitcom about the Korean War. And I think those two examples, now I grew up with The Music Man. I probably know most of the songs by heart. But when I saw the movie 10 years ago, after not having seen it for 30 years, I was stunned by how anti-Christian the entire film was. It couldn't have done a more skillful, subtle job of mocking conservative Christians. Who were the fools in The Music Man? The fools were the parents who wanted to figure out a way to keep the young ones moral after school. They were the fools. And if you were concerned about the influence of the culture on your son, your daughter, then you were a fool and you were going to be scammed by the music man. And the whole thing was a big scam. He was a con artist, a fraud, and he's the hero of the whole film. It's a bizarre film. I mean, I loved it because the music is extraordinary. In the lyrics, I mean, there's talent there. But to use the music man is funny. And then MASH, which probably did as much as any other Hollywood product to cause our culture to become coarse and raw, sexually crude. We pointed out for many years on this show, before Hollywood was able to force homosexuality into the living rooms, of 100 million families, not really force it because it was welcomed eventually. But what they did first was they presented cross-dressers like the cross-dresser in MASH. Who was he? Uh, his name, if I recall, was uh, Klinger. Wasn't he Klinger? Corporal Klinger acted like a woman, dressed like a woman, but it was just a, a trick. By the way, before I went into radio, I was in Computers, Enyart Development Corporation. I had a software program designed for a cutting-edge program for a brand-new operating system put out by IBM called OS2. And to celebrate OS2, they gave awards to 30 companies, including my company, and flew us all to Atlanta where they threw a party Gladys Knight and the Pips sang, and the entire cast of MASH, all the big names were there except, if I recall, except for Alan Alda. That's not surprising. Everybody else was there. 
So MASH, with its constant treatment of women like they are sex objects, the constant dehumanization of women and crash jokes, and for my friend Bob Unruh to use MASH and The Music Man as examples of Iowa's traditional American values. It's just bizarre. And then he allows one other thing in his article. He says one of the most dangerous things, if a government agent comes into your house like this, they might see evidence of a crime. As though that would be bad. The only good thing, and that would be bad, this is Bob Inyart inviting you to read our manuscript, The Plot, for an overview of the whole Bible. Call us at 800-836-9278. That's 836-9278.